Matthew chapter 16, and we're going to begin reading in verse 21. Um, we took a little bit of a um, break from our few lessons on the subject of discipleship uh, because we had our missions conference, the emphasis on missions. But we're going to have a few more lessons on discipleship. We started off with, uh, you know, what is a disciple and we the call of discipleship. This is our theme, answering the call. And in that first lesson we compared what is a what is a what, what makes a disciple different from a Christian? We talked about that. And then we talked about different aspects of the call biblically. What did Jesus call his disciples to do? If you're a disciple, what did he call us to do? He called us to follow him. He called us to obey him. He called us uh, uh, just to, to um, and, and various different things. So tonight we're going to take up what I consider the most important challenge and the most challenging aspect of discipleship. Matthew chapter 16. Let's stand together and we'll read a few verses before we pray. In verse 21 it says, From that time forth began Jesus to show unto his disciples how that, notice he showed this to his disciples, how that he must go into Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be what? Killed. Be raised again the third day. So Jesus began to tell his disciples of his imminent death. He would be killed. Now, think about that tonight. What would you feel like if you were a disciple of the Lord and, and you've been attached to him for three years and learning and watching him work and seeing his miracles enjoying his companionship, his comfort. And he said, I just want to let you know that I'm going to be killed. Verse 22, Then Peter took him, took Jesus, and began to rebuke him, saying, Be it far from thee, Lord, this shall not be unto thee. This is not going to happen. We're not going to let it happen. You must not die. We will not let them kill you. We will not let you die. Verse 23, But he turned, Jesus turned, and said unto Peter, Get thee behind me, Satan. Now Peter was not Satan. But Peter was being influenced by Satan. And, and what Peter was thinking and saying was not from God, it was from the devil. It was, we could say it was satanic. Get thee behind me, Satan, for that thou art an offense unto me. For thou savorest not the things that be of God, but those that be of men. So he said, Peter, he put Peter in his place and basically said, you're taking the wrong position here. I tell you I'm going to die. You say I'm not going to let it happen. You're taking the wrong position. And so that's the that's the context. And verse 24 begins with the word then. So this is the next thing that happened. Then said Jesus unto his disciples. Keep in mind, he began by talking to his disciples in verse 21 and verse 24. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross 
and follow me. Now Jesus chose, he made the choice that he was going to die. And he said, if you're going to follow me, you're going to have to die. And again, he's not talking about physical death. He's talking about dying to self, deny himself. So Jesus chose death. And this is really a, a really a, a easy thing to say, but it's a hard thing for, for us sometimes to accept. Those who follow him have got to choose death. You can't be a follower of Jesus and have your own way. You can't do it. You can't be a follower of Jesus. If any man, verse 24, will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me, verse 25, for whosoever will save his life shall lose it. And whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. All of us, I think any one of us who would be honest would say there are times when we struggle with this. All of us do. But I, but I, I, know, I know people who, who claim to be saved, who believe they're going to heaven, and never really choose to deny their self. Right? It's part, so here's another call of disciple, answering the call, the disciple's call to deny self. Now, am I making this up, or did Jesus say this to his disciples? Right? Jesus said that to his disciples. If you're going to be my disciple, you're going to have to deny yourself. To me, all of Jesus' commands are good. I don't say they're always easy, but they're always good. They're always for our benefit. But this, to me, is one of the most convicting and challenging commands of Jesus to deny yourself. We're going to talk about what that means tonight. Our Father, we thank you for your word. We pray that you'd bless as we study it together. And Father, help us to come to the word of God with hearts, hearts that are eager to obey you, hearts that love you and want your will for our life. We pray for wisdom. We pray for you to speak to our hearts through the word of God. In Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you. So when we talk about this phrase, let him, in verse 24, let him deny himself. What does self-denial mean? Deny means, to deny means to say no to. And really, self-denial is saying no to what we want. It's saying no to what we want. Now, young people, I want you to really listen to this tonight because Jesus said this, everyone who's willing to die will be able to live. But everybody who chooses his life is going gonna, is gonna to die, basically. So I, I want you to really think about this tonight. What does it mean to deny ourselves? It means to refuse. It means to refuse the carnal desires or the willful things we want that may not be God's will. The natural inclination. Now you may think that you're not this that you're the only one this way, but I'm gonna tell you every one of us have this same default natural inclination, and that is we want to protect ourselves. We want to pamper ourselves. We want to please ourselves. We all have that. Now I say we do, I know I do. 
I know my wife really does. No, I'm just kidding. We all have this, we all have this tendency. We all have this inclination. By the way, before we can deny ourselves, we have to identify, is this really me that wants this or is this what God wants for my life? So the disciple's life is a life of choosing against what our flesh would want and choosing what God wants. To deny yourself is to tell yourself no. It's to tell yourself no. When you, when you for instance, have a, when a young person has it in their mind, it comes to their mind to be prideful or to be disrespectful, and that's what you want to do, you have to recognize that that's not what God wants. You have to tell yourself no. You have to tell yourself no. Really, self-denial is a form of self-control. Um, and really, we, we suffer from this failure to control self. That self being that inner part of us, that selfish part of us. The New Testament word that de- describes self-control is temperance. Temperance is another word for self-control. And, it's, and by the way, temperance, which is self-control, is the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Love, you know, that in Galatians where it talks about the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, temperance. Temperance, self-control. Controlling our words, controlling our thoughts, controlling our actions. Self-control, it's the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And self-control, to me, strikes at the root The cause, the root cause of many of our faults and failures, they come from selfishness. Selfishness. Adam and Eve sinned because of selfishness. Lot ended up in Sodom because of selfishness. David erred with Bathsheba because of selfishness. Samson took Delilah because of selfishness. Israel was defeated at Ai because of Achan's selfishness. And people go through life basically feeling feeling like they ought to be able to have what they want, when they want it, and those kinds of things. But Jesus said, if you're going to follow me, you have to deny yourself. Now, Jesus not only commands self-denial, Jesus demonstrated self-denial. In verse 21... This whole conversation begins with Jesus telling them that he is going to go into Jerusalem, suffer many things of the elders and chief priests and scribes, and be killed and be raised again the third day. Now, in just a few words, he described, generally speaking, what took many, many hours of torture to occur now, why did Jesus do that? Did Jesus do that because he, he, he just likes having pain inflicted? He likes people to beat him in the face. He likes people to pull the hair from his face. He likes for people to curse him. Jesus, did Jesus do this because he just enjoys this? No, he denied himself. So Jesus demonstrated self denial. He would willingly suffer. Nobody, nobody made Jesus. Maybe you never thought about this or never really sorted this through in your mind, but nobody made Jesus go to the cross. 
He, he, did, do you remember when he said I could, that any time he could just call legions of angels who would come and deliver me? Any time he could have said, get me off this cross. At any time. So, but the life of Jesus was a life of sacrifice and self-denial. He's the example. He sacrificed to come from heaven, to come here. He sacrificed to, to endure the shame and rejection and ridicule. He, he's, we see him in the garden sweating, as it were, great drops of blood and saying this, not my will, but thy will be done. Not what I would prefer, not what I would want, but I want what you want. Now that's, that's what self-denial looks like. It's having a preference, it's having something that you want, but be willing to sacrifice that because it's not what God wants. And in the, in the context of that in verse 24, he says, let him deny himself, in verse 24, and take up his cross. We have to, you have to deny yourself. Nobody can do that for you. As parents, we try to help our children make the right decisions, but you can't make every decision for them. When a, when a, when a, when a young person is in their room, when they're at bed at night, when they're with their friends, parents can't make their decisions for them. Nobody can say, you need to stop talking like that. You need to quit thinking. You have to, you have to make those choices. And, and that's a part of character. That's a part of being a believer. It's a part of being a, a disciple. And taking up the cross is an individual choice. You know, and that picture comes to our mind, comes to my mind in the Gospels when Jesus was about to go to the cross and, and he, those, those people who were going, it's, it's a form of execution, we know that. It's a painful death, but they would, they would carry their own cross, the instrument of death, carry, carry your cross. Not one of us, not one of us would want to do that. But Jesus said, spiritually speaking, we have to take up our cross. We have to be willing to die to self. This is so foreign. This is so absolutely foreign to what a lot of Christians live and want. But Jesus says it's mandatory. Jesus said it's required. Jesus said you're not a disciple. If you're not willing to die to self, if you're not willing to put Jesus first, if you're not willing to take up your cross, then you cannot be my disciple. And self-denial is a, is a choice. And let me say this, self-denial is a frequent choice. It's a, and it, is a, it should be a daily choice. Paul said, I die daily. So we're, we're either choosing the path of self-pleasure, of personal preference, or we deny ourselves and say, I, this is what I would like to do, this, but I'm not going to do this because no, God doesn't want me to do this. So I'm going I'm to deny myself and I'm going to choose the path that is pleasing to God. And many people look at that and say, man, that is great that there's some extraordinary, exemplary uh, believers who really do this, but Jesus said every disciple has to do it. Every disciple. It's not always popular. This is not popular. 
and it's not fun all the time. In this passage, we not only see the example of Jesus, but we see, and not only we see the call to self-denial, but we see that there's a resistance to it. And I, I can relate to that. There's a resistance to it. First of all, Peter resisted it. Look in verse 22. Then Peter took him and began to rebuke him. Can you imagine rebuking Jesus? Can you imagine that? Rebuking Jesus? Jesus just said, I'm going to die. And he said, no way, Jose. That's Greek. You're not, it's not going to happen. We're not going to let this happen. We're not going to let you die. Jesus wanted to, Jesus didn't want to, Jesus said, he didn't want to, but Jesus said, I'm going to go die. And Peter said, we're going to save you from that. Now, why did Peter do this? Well, one of the reasons he did it was, one of the reasons is because he didn't comprehend. He says, you don't, you don't really, you're not able to perceive, you're not able to comprehend or savor, it says in verse 23, the difference between what's of God and what's of men. He didn't understand this spiritual lesson. But verse 25 really summarizes it and boils it down. Whosoever will save his life will lose it. You could be sitting here tonight. And if you're really listening, you understand that to follow Jesus, you're going to have to say no to yourself every day of your life. And you say, well, I'm not going to do that. I just won't do that. I can't see myself doing that. Well, Jesus said, if you save your life, you're going to lose it. He's not talking about your physical life. If you save your life, you're going to lose it. But he also says... If you lose your life for his sake, you'll find it. Not your physical life, but your self-life. So Peter resisted self-denial. But this is what we, and I put myself in that category, this is what we can relate to. Our flesh resists self-denial. Our flesh, your flesh. I, I, I think I can say this with confidence that every person here faces this where your flesh does not want to deny itself. We naturally want the way that pleases us. It's an interesting thing to me that the closer Jesus got to the cross, the more he called people to obedience and self-denial and the more followers he lost. Now, if you, if you not noticed that, I think you'd, if you read it and studied, this would, you would see this is so. The more he called people, just like here, he, once, he, once he started really drilling down on this subject of going to the cross and dying, he called people to deny themselves, to be willing to take up their cross, and as he did so, his popularity began to wane. And fewer and fewer people followed him. I think that's interesting. There are many people who profess to know Jesus Christ who consistently reject the call of self-denial. Now, I don't know the heart of every person that is there, but I think a lot of them probably don't even know the Lord. They don't really know the Lord. How do, you, how do you willfully, intentionally, habitually say no to Jesus? You know what I'm saying? How do you do that? 
I'm not saying any of, none of us are perfect. We all make mistakes. We all struggle with our own flesh. But it's a serious thing to disobey God. Wouldn't you agree with that? It's a serious thing to disobey God. In John chapter 6, and we're not going to turn there, but Jesus had one of these moments and His disciples, His disciples said to Him, this is a hard saying. What you're saying to us is difficult. And later in that same chapter, it says, many of His disciples went back and walked no more with Him. Many. Many of them. Let me, let me, let's think about this for a moment. There's something to remember about self-denial. It's for our benefit. It's good for us to deny ourselves. Would you agree with that? It's, good, it's for our benefit. I mean, if, if I'm going to the... If I'm going to buffet my body, if I'm going to the buffet, right? And, and on my third trip to the buffet, my wife says, you know, I don't think you need another plate full. She wouldn't do that, of course. She wouldn't wait till the third. <laughs> but you know what? That's for my benefit to say no for you to say, it's going to be a hard thing for me to give up this stinking habit I've got, whatever it is. It's going to be hard for me to do it. But if you'll learn to say no to yourself, it's good for you. Self-denial is good for us. It's, it's helpful. It's beneficial. If a, person, if a person was sitting around the house this afternoon and thinking, man, I just don't really feel good. I... You know, I just, I, just, I just don't really feel like going to church. And, um, which is the way I felt, actually. And, and my wife said, you're going to have to go. So I came. <laughs> if you deny yourself, if you, if you say, I may not feel like it, but I know what God wants me to do. And so I'm going to deny myself and I'm going to go and do what I know I should do. Don't you think that's beneficial for us? Sure it is. Self-denial is good for us. We may not like it, it may not feel good, but it's good for us. It may seem painful, it may seem challenging, it may seem over the top sometimes, but it's necessary if we're going to follow Jesus. Keep in mind, it's, it's beneficial for us. I think you would find this to be true. There are exceptions to this, but in most cases, churches are building their ministries today, many of them, on the whole concept of you don't have to change anything. You can have it your way. You can have the music your way. You don't have to reverence. You don't have to, we'll, we'll give you shorter services, fewer services, have it Burger King religion, have it your way. You know why they do that? Because people like that. People like that. But I don't find that, I never find in the Gospels, I never ever find in the Gospels, not one time where Jesus ever said, I'm going to make it easy on you so you can follow me. Would you agree with that? It's not in there. It's not in there. And to build men, and to give people the impression, you know, 
Come, come as you are. You know, come, come whatever. There's nothing. You'll never ever hear us demand anything from the Bible. I'm telling you, that's that's contrary to the Word of God. It's contrary. I don't think we ought to try to make it harder for people, but I don't ever find Jesus ever making it easier. It'd been easier for Jesus when these people started leaving him to say, wait, 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 wait. You don't, no, come back. You don't have to, you know, come, don't, don't take that. What I said, without, what I said before, don't take that to heart. Just, I, I just want you to be here. In a Jesus didn't do that. And I challenge you, if in, in most of us don't have the opportunity to listen to a lot of preaching, but you don't find this kind of preaching in most places. It's not about, you have to deny yourself. You have to look yourself in the face and tell yourself, no, because Jesus' way is always better than your way. And yet that's what discipleship is about. It's natural for us, it's natural for me to want to take the easier path. I personally believe this, and I think if you, th- if you would think it through, you, you would probably agree with something similar to this. I really believe that if most professing Christians in America were put in almost any other country where they had inconveniences and sacrifices associated just with simply going to church, doesn't it do something for you when you hear about people walking an hour or two one way to go to church. I've been in those churches where there's no inside plumbing, there's an outhouse out behind the church house. I'm talking about that's the way it is in a lot of these places now. They don't have modern conveniences. And we and it's so easy for us. You get in an air-conditioned car, you drive for 10 minutes in an air-conditioned car, you walk into a nice, comfortable building, you sit on soft chairs, and yet for a lot of people, that's not easy enough. I'm just telling you, listen, we're spoiled rotten in this country. We're spoiled rotten. And we think, we, we think this is our right. We think we're entitled to this. Jesus said, if you're going to follow me, you have to die. Every day you've got to die. He called his disciples to self-denial. I don't, think we ought to, I don't think we ought to sit around and just think about how can we make it harder. Let's do this. Man, I, 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 I looked at pictures uh, of a man that I see his, he does teaching and preaching in Nepal. And I look at these people sitting on a hard floor, not, not even carpeted floor, no chairs in the room, sitting on a hard floor. And they may be there for four or five hours at a time. Some of you just thinking about that makes my back hurt, right? I don't think we ought to make it. I don't think we ought to just come in in, in the, now some people are going to disagree with what I'm about to say. I don't think we ought to make the climate just as uncomfortable as you can. And some of the women who come here and think they're freezing all the time, they think you do this all the time. You know you do it all the time. We don't do that intentionally. But I'm just saying, we don't try to make it difficult. We, I don't think we ought to try to make it difficult. But I'm just saying, we have to be honest with ourselves and say, Jesus expects us to take up our cross and to die to self. It's not what I want. It's not what you want. It's what does God want. So Peter resisted. And the flesh resists. But thirdly, in our text in Matthew chapter 
uh, 16, we see, of course, we mentioned this earlier, that Satan himself resists self-denial. This wasn't just Peter. This wasn't just Peter that said, oh, you don't, you don't have to do that. I wonder, wouldn't it be interesting to know how many people and how many places where some, where some Christian said, you know, I really believe God wants me to sacrifice this. And some well-intentioned friend said, oh, God doesn't want you to do that. Right? That's what Peter did. Oh, God doesn't want you to do that. What do you mean go back on Wednesday night? I mean, God doesn't want you. You don't have to go all the time. That's the kind of stuff that people say all the time. Let me tell you where Peter got that inspiration. He got it from Satan. Peter himself resisted self-denial on Jesus. Our flesh resisted, and, and Satan himself resists this. You, you know, young person, please hear me. You know why Satan hates this? Because he knows if he can just keep you pleasing yourself, pampering yourself, and saving yourself, he can keep you from ever being effective. When you take any one of these young people, there are a lot of young people here tonight, any one of these young people, if they were to come to this decision, and any one of them could do it tonight, if any one of them were to come to this conclusion, I don't care what my friends do, and I don't care what my friends think, Jesus means more to me than all of my friends. And whatever it takes, I'm going to say no to me and yes to Jesus. And I'm not going to do that one time. By the grace of God, I'm going to do it for my life. You know what? You'll be on your way to seeing God do some marvelous things in your life. So Satan doesn't want you to do that. If you're sitting here tonight, and I, I venture to say there are probably people here tonight thinking this. I, I know it's in the Bible, and I know the preacher's probably right. He's just preaching from the Bible, but I'm just, I'm just not going to do that. What you're, what you're saying is I'm, I'm going to close the door, really, on being a disciple, on being a follower of Jesus Christ. We have to deal with the self-life. And here's why Satan hates it. Because, and this is the last point I want to make, because the power, the power of self-denial See, death brings life. Not just physical death, but being willing to die to self. Death brings life. Go to a passage in John. Hold your finger in Matthew 16. We're going to come back to this. But go to John chapter 12. I want to look at a, of a couple of similar passages. The first one's in John chapter 12, in verse 23. The Gospel of John, chapter 12, verse 23. Jesus answered them, saying, The hour is come that the Son of Man should be glorified. And then he says this, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. Now we understand how that works. You put a seed in the ground, a kernel of corn, bean seed, whatever kind of seed you put in the ground, as long as it stays in that package, as long as it stays in that package, it's okay, it's a bean seed. You put it in the ground, what's going to happen is it's going to die, it's going to like decompose. But you know what's going to happen after, after that death? What's going to happen? 
life. A, a stalk of corn is going to come up. Not if you planted a bean seed. <laughs> but it has to die. I mean, you go to go to the go to the MFA or go to wherever you want to go, and they have all these packages of plants and beautiful plants and seeds, and they're all in those packages. They'll remain a seed until somebody puts them in the ground and, and you're cruel enough to put it in the ground and let it die. But when it dies, it brings forth life. In verse 25 of John chapter 12, he that loveth his life shall lose it. See, all of us, all of us would rather choose the easy way. Right? When you know you should be reading your Bible, you say, oh, but, you know, I want to watch this, or I'm going to do that. Or... But it's when we choose against ourselves and say, I want to do what God wants me to do. When you begin to hate your life in this world, that's what 25 says, he shall keep it unto life eternal. There's power in self-denial. Just, and, and, and I would suggest tonight... I don't know why I keep thinking about our young people, but I, I, there's so much potential in these young people's lives. There's power in this. Just take one area and say, I'm going to start saying no to myself in this area. Some simple thing. I'm going to, I'm going to, make, I'm going to, I'm going to choose to do what God wants instead of what I want. I'm going to deny myself. I'm going to deny myself. Death brings life. Uh, you're in John. Go to the right a little bit to 2 Corinthians and let's read a few verses in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And you, you know, you and I, if I was sitting listening to this teaching, we, we might think, man, that that's just seems hard. That's what they said about Jesus. All I'm doing is talking about the words of Jesus. That's what Jesus said. He was, that's just hard. Deny yourself. Die to self. Put God first. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, in verse 7... Paul writes, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. This is the treasure we have in the vessels. We want God's power and not our own. And then he says this in the context, verse 8. We are troubled on every side. Trouble means we're having problems, difficulties, trials. Yet not distressed. We are perplexed means we're just, we're not really sure how it's going to come out. We don't know if there's a way out. We're distressed, but not in despair. We're persecuted, but not forsaken. We're cast down, but not destroyed. And then he makes this application in verse 10 of what we're talking about. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus. Notice this. That the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. He continues, verse 11, For we which live, we believers, disciples, followers, we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. Verse 12, so then death works in us. We're dying. But life in you. 
See, death brings life. Dying, taking up your cross, denying yourself. The more death works in us, the more life is manifested through us. Now, taking up the cross doesn't just mean physical suffering, but we have to choose against our self-will. We have to choose to die to self. Go against our natural tendencies. Go against what we want. By the way, the lack of self-denial, the absence of self-denial, destroys a lot of marriages, hurts a lot of families, but it basically nullifies the witness of a lot of God's people. It's not that it's complicated. It's not that, it's, it's not that the Christian life is complicated. It's the fact that we don't want to say no to ourselves. We just don't want to say no to ourselves. But there's power in self-denial. The cross, the cross brings victory. I mean, the cross really brings victory. Taking up the cross means like a criminal carrying the cross to his crucifixion. But I've looked at the cross before. I'm talking about the cross of Christ. I've looked at the cross before and, and thought, you know, that was so painful and, and what a horrible thing. But really the cross is victorious. We're saved because he died. Is that right or wrong? We have salvation because he was willing to die. Because he didn't, he didn't pamper his flesh. He, he denied himself. As long as a person is willing to pamper or cater to their flesh, they can't, be, have, they can't have victory. Victory comes through dying. Victory comes through dying. Dying to self. Giving our life, giving ourself to God. And really this is not just some sort of uh, impractical thing. This works out in practical ways in our life. That's why people get in financial trouble. Because they won't say no to themselves. They just can't say no. They've got to have it. They've got to spend it. If it's in the money, it's got to go. That's, that's not good for you. It's not good for anybody. That was, that's what causes health problems because we don't take care of ourselves. That's what causes laziness. We won't push ourselves. We won't deny ourselves. All these very practical things in life, if we could just learn, it's good for us to say no to our flesh. It's good for us. And a lot of this starts in the home. It starts in the home. It starts with our family. It starts with our children. No, you can't do that. But we've got to learn to do that ourselves. So, we're going to talk about some more, some more aspects of the call to discipleship. But to me, this is about the fourth or fifth lesson in the series. But to me, this is make it or break it. This is because otherwise it's not going to work. It's not going to work. I mean, I'm sure there's a whole lot of stuff I don't know. But as best I can figure out... Jesus never called any of us just to have our own way. It's not a part of the calling. He called us to deny ourselves and take up our cross and 
and follow him. Right? That's the calling. And it's the calling for every one of us. It's not my calling, it's his calling. If a person says, if a person says, hey, uh, I'm here to help you. You want to be a follower of Jesus? And I'm just going to tell you, this is what you need to do. Just basically do what comes natural. Do what you want to do. Don't let anybody put any restrictions on you. You know, that's, I don't find that in the Gospels. It's not there. It's not there. By the way, it's not there hardly anywhere. It's not there. You get a job, it's not going to be there either. You know, you, I'm, here, I'm here to work. I just want to let you know I want to work here. And I want to get paid. I hope we get paid every week. But I, basically, I'm just going to do what I want to do. I'm sure that'll go over good, right? Jesus, Jesus is not a cruel taskmaster. Jesus knows what's good for me. He knows that what's good for me is to say no to myself and say yes to Him. It's good for me. It's not good for me as much as I might want to. It's like somebody saying, I believe God's calling me to the ministry if He'd just called me to Florida, especially over the next few months. And maybe then I could, He'd call me back to the Midwest in May. No, God doesn't work, it doesn't work that way. And there's a part of us that just resists that. I was thinking about this, though, when we were singing about Jesus being king. Lord means he's master. He's the boss. He's in control. He makes the calls. And we say, Lord... That wasn't really what I had in mind. But if that's what you want me to do, that's what I'm going to do. Because it's good for me to deny myself. Amen? Ask yourself, young person, when's the last time you just looked at yourself and said, Self, I'm not going to do what you want to do. I'm going to do what Jesus wants me to do. Those are the kind of decisions that will make you a better person. Amen?